everybody, and welcome to episode 59 of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Today's date is Friday, December 20th. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-hosts Evan Hoover and Mike Valverde. And boys, it is the Fantasy Football Finals. This is it. Statistically, we only got two people interested in what's going on this week in every league. So, um, Evan, how are you? How's uh, Extremely Casual Fridays going for you? My kid's school is doing a fundraiser. You know, like we used to sell magazines or do walkathons. And the theme is 1980s dances. So they needed a hype man to go for the whole school and introduce it. Long story short, I did the Roger Rabbit in front of a thousand children today. All right. Sounds like a normal Friday for you, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's Friday, you know, that kind of thing. All right. So um, <clears throat> if this is your first episode uh, with us, uh, what we do is uh, we take a look at what's going on in the weekend's games and then what the ramifications are for the rest of the season. But since I already said it's the fantasy football finals, there is no rest of the season. There is no ramifications. So we're going to go ahead and talk about what we see this weekend and what it might mean for rolling forward into 2020. Now, obviously, it's December 20th, 2019. A lot's going to change between now and and the first game of 2020, but this is just kind of uh, 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 a touchstone, the, the last touchstone of the season for some of these players um, where we uh, have an idea of what they're going to be doing because guys like Lamar Jackson are probably only going to play half the game next weekend. So if this is your first episode, welcome. Uh, if you found us through Twitter or the website, you can find us on anywhere you find podcasts, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere. Um, if you do... Uh, Pick us up on your app of choice. We would love you to drop a review and a, a rating, please. Um, five stars only. <laughs> five stars only. Um, if you want to chat with us, we have a Discord. It's tiny.cc slash absurdity. Let me try that again. Tiny.cc slash absurdity. Um, or you can follow us on Twitter at fballabsurdity. Mike is RFL Red Zone. Evan is Evan Hoovler on Facebook. I am at Jeff Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O. Um, we do have a, uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash football absurdity. We are still trying to figure out what we're going to do with that in the off season. Um, right now it's uh, two episodes a, or you get a bonus episode a week of the podcast, kind of the second half to this episode, which you will get next week. We will be recording that because, you know, we will have some stuff to talk about with these players. Um, but then we're not sure what we'll be doing from there. We'll, we'll keep you up to date. Just keep an eye on your email address, uh, with the Patreon. So um, there's no usually we start this off with a uh, Thursday night football review, but there was no Thursday night football last night. So uh, what did you guys do instead? I don't remember. Oh, I drank heavily. <laughs> All right. Mike, what did you do last night? Um, nothing. Nothing. All right. Wife and I got some Christmas shopping done. Uh, so that'll <clears throat> that'll help uh, make this weekend a little bit easier on us. Um, got some Christmas shopping done, did a little bit of decorating and, um, I got to, once we're done with this, I got to go put up the Christmas lights. We were both sick, so we're incredibly late getting the Christmas lights up. So I'm going to be doing that, uh, this afternoon fighting the sunlight since, uh, it's the second shortest day of the year today. So we'll is, just get uh, Frankie going to go crazy over those lights or is he pretty cool with it? Uh, she's fine with the lights. She doesn't, the lights don't, don't tend to bother her too much. Uh, cause, uh, they're, they're not a lot of movement. It's the movement that gets her. People walking by outside. That's what drives her up a wall. Um, but yeah, she's usually pretty good with the lights. Um, so uh, how are you? Uh, do you? Do you guys have a tree up? Evan, I assume you do because of the kids. 
Yeah, and my wife's super into Christmas. I guess I'm super into Christmas too. So we got one up. It's short though. It's only like six feet, which is that, awesome. It's way easier that, to decorate. That's short. When you said six feet, I was picturing like a three, four footer, a little guy. Usually we get like eight or nine feet. Jeez, Louise. Uh, Mike, do you get, do you put a tree up? I know it's you and your wife. I don't know uh, what you guys do. Um, we we tried like the first year we were together, and the cats just tore it apart. And we're oh just yeah. Like, Nah, nah. We'll we'll just um, we'll pretend a tree is there. Maybe we'll put some, uh, you know, some cardboard paper or something up. <laughs> yeah, we, our, uh, avoid yeah. that. Our cat, she just uh, she we took we had to take everything off the bottom foot foot and a half of the tree because uh, she just knocked it all down. But everything above that is fine. She doesn't try to climb it or anything like that, so that's good. Um, <clears throat> so, all right, we'll go ahead and uh get this party started so what we do is uh rather than since we're one episode a week rather than try to um run down every little bit of news we just talk about um the six biggest things that'll matter in your fantasy football finals uh call it the cover six um when we'll go ahead we'll count those down and then we'll get into the week 16 uh preview um talking about what we might see for things that matter for next season so number six um uh will greer We'll be starting for the Colts. Kyle Allen has been benched. The reason this thing made the the list today is a lot of people are really itchy about playing DJ Moore. And um, Evan, we'll get to you. You have a I, I know your opinion on it, but Mike, what do you think about um, about worrying about DJ Moore in your finals with uh, a new quarterback under center? Yeah, it, you know, it's definitely one of those where you you have to worry about it because if you know Will Greer looks like will greer that he did you know in the preseason uh when we don't really know any different then that was pretty bad so h- how well is dj Moore going to do and then there's always that safety blanket and greg olson is going to be the most targeted so if i had to choose between one or 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 i would definitely go with greg olson over dj Moore. but I, yeah i don't i don't see I, if you have a if you have a twinge better situation for yourself, go with that wide receiver because it's just going to be, I think, a, a bad day. Uh, Evan, I, uh, <clears throat> how do you feel about DJ Moore? In this, I think in DJ this Moore is going to go off. Will Greer can't be worse than Kyle Allen. Also, team quarterbacks tend to do well on their debut because there's no footage for the other team to study. Uh, Will Greer's specialty is the deep ball. DJ Moore lines up in the slot less than 15% of the time, so he'll be getting that deep ball. Indianapolis has an injury to their star cornerback, so they've allowed an average of 387 yards passing uh, over the past two games. Carolina doesn't have anything to play for, so they're probably going to try out their new toy and see what having them i think dj moore i'm i'm up on dj moore where everyone else is uh is is down on him so i uh if you're looking to the three of us to answer the question my 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 answer to the question is i doubt you have uh three wide receivers better than with better options than dj moore on on your roster because um i agree with mike it's in so far that we don't know what he's going to do, but I also agree with Evan in so far as, I mean, DJ Moore has been peppered with targets over and, and I don't see that changing. He's the best receiver on the team. Greg Olson 
much respect to Greg Olson's career, but he's not he's not the guy you think of anymore with him. And he's been he's coming back from a concussion. He should be cleared to play, but I'm not uh, <clears throat> not too excited about starting Greg Olson this one. Sorry, Mike, but um, I do I do kind of feel like you got to start DJ Moore because I, I if he's your fourth best wide receiver, you've already won. You're, you've already won if DJ Moore, who's been a, a top 10 wide receiver over the last month and a half, two months, you've, you've already won if he's your fourth best wide receiver. So that's kind of how I see it. I don't, I don't see a way to get away from him, really. So, well, yeah, I mean, overall, DJ Moore is definitely, you know, one, one of the best. I mean, he's easily, if not a wide receiver one, you know, and a wide receiver two overall. But in my when I when I say like looking at wide receivers that are better, I mean, someone based on just this matchup alone and point total. So, yeah, would I rather have DJ more of the season than, you know, most of the guys? Yeah, absolutely. But in this week with um, Will Greer throwing the ball, um, his I, I see his point total plummeting. So if you're looking at like maybe a mid wide two wide receiver two versus DJ Moore, I'd go with that mid wide receiver two. Yeah, but most leagues are playing the three wide receiver or a flex or, or two wide receivers in a flex. That's why I'm saying I don't see a world where you can get away from DJ Moore. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's rosters are too deep. You know, maybe he's not a good DFS play. Uh, I can give you that, but um, I just I just don't see a world where we can get away from him, even with um, Wingus under center, uh, Will Greer. It's just not something I can uh, I can I can co-sign. So um, <clears throat> number five. Uh, DJ Chark is questionable uh, for this weekend, but the latest reports are that um, he is practicing and he is expected to play. Um, he's recovering from an ankle injury, um, but um, the now Tom Coughlin list Jags are, are expected to have DJ Chark this weekend against a Falcons team that has actually been better lately. Uh, they did a pretty good job of um, shutting down Jimmy G last week, and they've been playing a lot better ever since they uh, they reorganized the um, the coaching staff. So um, I guess, guys, I guess I'll ask this question. Which DJ are you starting? Well, I definitely Chark. Definitely Chark and and definitely more from Evan, it sounds like. So, all right. Well, that'll be an, an, an interesting thing that we can see play out uh, for next week. Um, which DJ which DJ are we starting? I'm starting them both. Uh, I'm leaning towards more over Chark um, in this one. Uh, next one up, Julian Edelman. Um, he, was, he shut down uh, reporters asking him questions about his uh, multiple injuries. Uh, I believe it was yesterday. Um, after practice and um, he's got a shoulder injury and a knee injury he is expected to play but he is going going to be hobbled um, the reports are that he'll be he's quote healthier um, than he was uh, last week when he did absolutely nothing for you um, but this is the this is a guy that I'm getting away from in this matchup uh, he had two catches for nine yards last week um, I'm getting away from Julian Edelman I don't see myself starting him anywhere except for out of desperation um he's he's too banged up this offense is circling the drain um do you guys have any any differing opinion on whether or not we should be playing julian edelman this weekend no yeah no it's hard because when you see a questionable new england tag i want to just dismiss it but he really is banged up 
Yeah, that's the thing. Um, uh, it's usually, you know, it's usually like Tom Brady questionable with just some random thing because, you know, they, they love to play games with the injury report. But this time he's actually banged up. So I at, when I saw Julian Edelman questionable, I had the same reaction at first, Evan, um, where I was like, hmm, I, I don't know about this one. But um, it looks like uh, it's truly a, a questionable. And, and I'm getting away from him because uh, you can grit your way through, but, you know, there's only so much you can do. So uh, next one, uh, Gerald Everett is off the injury report after three games, and he will be active for the 49ers and Rams game on Saturday. The reason I put this in the notes is Tyler Higby has been a complete monster over the last three games. Um, he's become a guy that you can actually kind of rely on in Gerald Everett's absence. He's had 107 in a touchdown, 116 and 111 on 8, 11, and 14 targets. So um, my question to this, and Mike, I'll go to you first, is um, – what are we doing with Higby this weekend against the Niners? Um, yeah, well, so right now I wouldn't play him at all. Uh, if ever it's going to play, Higby becomes pretty much a non-factor. So uh, I don't, I don't see Everett just sitting on the bench um, unless he's, you know, less unless he's more injured than than what the team's leading on. Like, oh yeah, he'll play. And then, but he's you know suffering from an injury and limited, and so they'd rather go with Higby. But if Everett is on the field and he's ready to go, one you know one hundred ninety eight percent, then Higby's not gonna not gonna be around. If you're trying to figure out uh, waiver wire tight end for your championship, I think you're best off rolling the dice with a Seattle tight end against Arizona. Yeah, I am. I'm with I'm with you guys on this one. I'm especially with Mike. It's the sort of situation where the Higby blew up because of the lack of Gerald Everett. They'd been splitting targets all season and um, losing Gerald Everett allowed all those tight end targets to funnel towards um, uh, 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 Tyler Higby. And I don't I don't see a world where I would feel comfortable starting Tyler Higby. Um, against uh, the 49ers this weekend, especially because um, even without uh, Quan Alexander, the 49ers have been playing. They've been playing well against um, opposing tight ends. So it's not a, a, a situation where you can really, um, you know, say, well, you know, the matchup is a good one because the Niners give up the second fewest fancy points on the season to tight ends. Um, and that's with giving up two touchdowns to Jared Cook um, in week 14. So. Um, get away from your Tyler Higbee's. Like Evan said, a Seattle tight end, if you're super desperate, uh, Seattle's second worst, and Charles Clay's available pretty much universally um, for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. So that's a real desperation play. I probably would still go Higbee over Charles Clay, but um, it's it, he definitely moves down the list. Number two, Dak Prescott, AC joint injury. This this guy's probably going to be jammed full of Tordal this weekend. Uh, he may not be feeling his arm too much because um, this is a must win for the Cowboys. But can you trust your Cowboys receivers in this one? Can you trust your Amari Coopers, your uh, Michael Gallups, or your um, Jason Wittens? Which, if you're trusting Jason Witten, yowza. But um, but what, what do you think this, this DAC injury uh, does? Does it hurt uh, the chances for these guys? This weekend to the point where you might uh, go somewhere else instead of them. Philly is just not good. That's the other factor. Bad. So 
Man, I I have to start Dak in my big money league because my only other option is Dwayne Haskins, and I'm not that big of an Ohio State fan. So <laughs> I want, I think Gallup uh, is going to have a high floor. Although Cooper and Gallup, this, Dallas scored like 44 points last week, and they got combined less than five points. <sighs> I've answered nothing. <laughs> Mike, what do you think for your Cowboys? Yeah, and I agree. I agree with Evan, and but also, how consistent has has Amari Cooper been, anyways, this year? He's he's back to him being inconsistent. His last five games, I think, haven't been all that great. Uh, and Michael Gallup has almost disappeared. So it's you have two Cowboys that are not really all that consistent you know, with an AC joint problem from Dak Prescott. I I wouldn't trust him. I, uh, yeah, it, um, it stinks. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's one of those situations where you got to knock them down a peg. Um, I'm trying, I'm still trying to gauge where, uh, DJ Moore falls for you, Mike. So I'm going to ask you DJ Moore or Michael Gallup. I would go with Moore over Gallup. Hey, we found one. Hey, hey. All right. Um, what about Amari Cooper or DJ Moore? Ooh, that's a tough one. I, hmm. I, I think I'd have to go with Cooper over Gallup. I mean, sorry, Cooper over uh, Moore. Over DJ Moore. Okay, okay. I, I I'm getting a picture of where DJ Moore slots in for you now. I have a better idea of uh, of uh, what a uh, a DJ Moore uh, week 16 looks like for you. So, all right. And then the biggest piece of news. Thank God we all handcuffed our Dalvin Cooks with Alexander Madison this year because it's looking, it's looking more and more likely like Dalvin Cook is not going to play on Monday Night Football. So thank God we kept Madison on our... Be- oh, wait, what's this? Uh, uh, looking like Alexander Madison. Also not looking like he's going to play this weekend. Uh, Mike Boone has gotten the... Um, the nod in practice the last three days with uh, uh, Madison and Cook uh, looking on helmetless, um, doing a little bit on the side, but not a whole heck of a lot. So um, do you have to own all three pieces of this backfield to feel comfortable leaning on one of them for your, uh, your fantasy football championships? The Vikings, there's good news in that report. The Vikings, according to the Minneapolis Star Tribune, need to release their final injury report Saturday evening. So unless you have an alternative that plays Saturday, you can wait till then and then see which guy you need to start. Yeah, but Evan, to that, what if it's Alexander Madison questionable, Dalvin Cook questionable? Oh, they can do Right, this isn't the inactive <laughs> list, isn't it? <laughs> no, oh, the this. inactive list Dang is it. 90 minutes, yeah. Yeah. And if it's Madison plays, I don't think they're going to give him bell cow numbers because they're going to want to rest him up because he's injured yeah so that's a problem what do we do how do we how do we crack this nut i i had to pick up i i I picked up mike boone this week to go against waleed in the uh football absurdity finals and i was like uh, let me get alexander madison too just in case so i have both these guys sitting on my bench because uh uh my my running backs are are poop and um, I'm real nervous. I'm real nervous because I'm, there's no way in heck I'm starting Carlos Hyde against Tampa Bay. So I'm rolling out either Madison or Boone. And I really hope they clear the runway for them, uh, for, for one of them, to, uh, to start on Monday. Mike, how are you handling this uh, situation? Are you rostering? I mean, it's the type of year where you're, you're, you're kind of done with, 
with bench guys and deep guys. So you can get away with rostering um, uh, three guys from the same backfield. Is that what you're going to have to do with this just to feel comfortable for, for leaning on any of them for Monday Night Football? Yeah, I, I wouldn't trust either Cook or Madison playing this week. And so you have Boone who, wow, I don't know anything about this guy. And uh, But, I mean, as we've seen with the Giants and um, other teams, they just pull a guy off the street and boom, explode. So who says Boone can't do that as well, especially with the Minnesota Vikings offensive line? I, I Why not? I mean, he's he's going to have the whole backfield to himself. I'll take it. Yeah. So, um, so uh, I uh, I I already told you guys my situation. I'm I'm fingers crossed. Boone, Madison are both sitting on my bench. I'm really hoping Cook doesn't play. I doubt he does. Um, but uh, I I need one of these guys to definitely. Uh, I need the runway cleared for him. That's uh, that's how I'm feeling because otherwise I got to deal with Carlos freaking Hyde. Um, against one of the league's best rush defenses this year because I drafted David Johnson, and uh, that that just tells you how my running setback situation has gone all year. So, all right, so that's the uh, the cover six for this week. Again, the rundown, Will Greer starting this weekend. Um, this really downgrades DJ Moore for Mike, not so much for Evan. Me, I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, DJ Chark, questionable. He should play. Um, Mike is starting Chark over Moore. Evan is starting Moore over Chark. I'm conveniently staying out of the fray. None yeah, of us. Let's bet, let's bet some jerky, Mike. All right. That's cool. What, uh, what setting? PPR? HPPR? Um, half PPR, just so there's a winner. Okay, perfect. And would you call it 50-50 so we both put up eight ounces or whatever? What, what do you mean by 50-50? E- even, even odds. Even odds. Sometimes, I, I put up, sometimes you, you, if you're taking a long shot, I'll have you put up less jerky. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, All right. Yeah, yeah, even odds is cool. It's odd. Yeah. Best of luck. Evan was just yeah, offering you even odds. So, um, so, yeah, Julian Edelman expected to play, but none of us trust him. Gerald Everett's back. We don't trust Tyler Higby. Um, we trust uh, a random guy on the Seattle team better than uh, – who, who's, who's the back of there? Ed Dixon? Ed Dixon over Tyler Higby, maybe? I don't know about that one. But there's a lot of tight ends out there. I trust the uh, Buccaneers guys, either one of them, over Tyler Higby this weekend. Uh, Dak Prescott, AC joint injury. Um, should we? Uh, we're, we're downgrading our Cowboys. We don't really trust them this weekend. And then we talked through Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison looking like they're not playing. And it looks like it's going to be Mike Boone's backfield. So, all right. So what we'll do now, actually, a little uh, bonus piece because um, I did not address this. Um, and I mentioned it. No Mike Evans, no Chris Godwin. So Tampa Bay, sorry to spring this on you guys, but the Tampa Bay situation, where do you think the targets are going this weekend? There was a report that Jameis told uh, OJ Howard and Cam Brate to giddy up because they're getting a lot of targets. Um, uh, Brashad Perriman's been the hot pickup. And then also, for some reason, people are really hyped on Justin Watson. I don't see it. But where are we thinking the target distribution is going? Is there anybody worth uh, that we can... uh, dive into in our fantasy finals i know it's hard it's not like there's a guy who scored three touchdowns last week that we can look at well he also had like five targets i saw james went and looking his way when the play broke down though that's all i needed all right mike what about you yeah i'm 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 on board with perriman i'm uh here's here's the fun thing i'm going on board with the tight ends because i uh 
there's a lower ceiling there for them to be useful. So I will just uh, lean into that lower, uh, or I'm sorry, lower floor for them to be useful. So I'm going to lean into that. They'll be more useful uh, than Brashad Perriman. Also because we have a long history of Brashad Perriman sucking. So there is that. <laughs> there is that we have to contend with. We have a long, sad history of Brashad Perriman, who is on his third team and I believe his fourth season. So yeah, there is that to contend with. So All right. So what we'll do now is we'll start talking about this weekend's games. We're going to break down uh, what we think, uh, what we're looking for in these matchups in so far as what it means for how we're going to feel about different players going into the offseason. Because um, like I said before, we got. We're not going to be doing this for week 17. We have some awards that we're going to be doing. It's a fun little uh, end of season retrospective type of deal. Um, so, <clears throat> this is going to be for what what we see and what we think it means going into the long, dark off season. So we'll kick it off with Houston and Tampa Bay, the game we were just talking about. And um, Mike, you want to know? Um, I guess you know. Can we trust Jameis Winston to be a top five quarterback next season? Because right now he's dealing with a fractured hand. And he's still throwing the ball all over the place. So uh, what do you what do you have to say about, I'm sorry, not hand, fractured thumb. So what do you have to say about uh, Jameis Winston going into this one? And what do you think about him going into 2020? Yeah, I think if he's cleared to play, you, you're probably going to see the, the typical results because Tampa Bay doesn't have anything to play for. So if there was some kind of damage to his hand or possible um, more damage to his hand, then they would definitely just sit him. Um, so if he does play, then expect the typical type of game from Jameis Winston. The interesting thing is, is what is, where is he going to end up? I mean, this is his contract season. So he's, he's had a pretty much a career year under, under Bruce Arians. And if he, he stays with the Buccaneers, then I can almost pretty much guarantee you that his 30 touchdowns, 10, 300 yard, um, 4,500 uh, yards season that he's having right now. Uh, plus, not only that, he's second or third uh, season in uh, completion percentage. So, uh, all those type of numbers. Wait, really? That's yeah. why. Oh, it is. That's wow. Okay. All right. Good for you, Jameis. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, I know a lot of these numbers surprised me as well. Uh, unfortunately, he does have. 24 interceptions but if you look across Bruce Arians all his quarterbacks are going to have a lot of interceptions but they all produce in the top you know five six whatever uh you go all the way back to Andrew Luck when Arians took over for Pagano it, it was that that's kind of same situation I think Luck Andrew Luck had the most interceptions of his career that year um so but if he goes and he leaves Tampa Bay um, which is very possible, then what are we looking at? And that that tells all. I mean, if he goes to, I don't know, Miami or somewhere like that, then there's definitely going to be more restrictions. So you're going to have to temper expectations. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be wherever he ends up um, is going to be the, the whole tale of the tale of where he's going to finish as a quarterback next year. Yeah, and it's not like uh, Tampa Bay bought into him. I remember before the season, they took him off a lot of promotional materials because they weren't quite so certain what they were going to do with him. And um, it became a situation where the backup is... Who is even the backup there? Uh, I want to say it's Blaine Gabbert. Hold on, let me double check that. Hold on, I don't want to besmirch the real American hero. Um, but the Quarterback, Ryan Griffin. Where the heck does... Yeah. Where the heck does Blaine Gabbert play? 
Who wants to take some bets? Who wants to take uh, some guesses? I think he's in San Diego. Oh, not San Diego. He can't be in San Diego. I think he's on the Chargers. Blaine oh, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. I was right. Gabbert's on IR. He was the backup. He was the backup, but he's on IR. That's haha. I have it both ways. I win. Um, so yeah, how Mike, does he have an IR if he doesn't play? Uh, I don't know, Bruce Ego. So um, while I looked that up, uh, the very important question of why is Blaine Gabbard on an injured reserve, uh, Evan, your question kind of does uh, piggyback or dovetail nicely with Mike. So you were wondering about uh, Jamison, this uh, this uh, interception. Um, uh, I quote unquote record that he's chasing. One of the every sport has its records that are thought unbreakable, and in football, one of the most perceived as unbreakable records is George Blanda's 42 interceptions in 1962, when I believe they were playing 14 games. And I'm thinking if Jameson works at it, he he can have a shot at that record. You know, he has to really try hard though. I want to see 43 interceptions <laughs> in Winston. 43 interceptions. Also, like this year, lead the league in passing and pass completion percentage. So, Evan, if he does, I mean, let's say he does uh, throw 10 touch, or ten interceptions in the, in the last two games. Or, or let's just talk about his interceptions overall. Does that temper your expe- expectations for him going into next year? Or, as Mike said, um, is it just kind of a byproduct of the Bruce Arians uh, no-risk-it, no-biscuit system that he runs? Well, well, Arians has only been there one year, and Winston's always been notorious for interceptions. But he's also been notorious, or not notorious, famous for having top five fantasy production, just like this year. So I'm okay with it. He's the kind of guy you draft if you like to have a good season, but you also like to have a heart attack every Sunday. That doesn't sound like something I want to do. That doesn't sound like something I want to do at all. So my question is... People like drama. Yeah, so going into the season, we were... Everybody was all hyped up over O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard this, so, you know, but people weren't really, they were poo-pooing the fact that the Bruce Arian system, and I did a little bit of this as well, I'm a little guilty, poo-pooing that the Bruce Arian system ignores um, tight ends. And we said, nah, it's fine, it'll be fine. Well, guess what happened in this system? He's been roundly ignored, uh, OJ Howard over the first six games of the season before he got hurt. He was on pace for 48 targets since he got back. He's been on pace for 75. So there's been an uptick. And in the last three games, there has been an uptick, uh, he's had six, five and seven targets in the last three games. And he's actually turned in some decent PPR days in there. Five for 61, four for 73. What I want to know is, so they're down to the mat. I mean, we were talking about, uh, you know, are we worrying about Brashad Perriman or Justin Watson? They're, they're down to the mat in terms of wide receivers. So if O.J. Howard is going to step up, it is going to be in this game. And I want to know if O.J. Howard is going to have some, uh, some some sort of game that that puts us back on or puts him back on our radar for 2020 as maybe a an upside play. Um, because if he can't do it this weekend, he's never going to do it. That's sort of my take on it is is if he can't do it when their number one wide receiver, when they're starting Brashad Perriman opposite Justin Watson, if O.J. Howard doesn't have a big game, he's not going to. So this is literally a make or break for his role in this offense for me for if I'm even worrying about him come 2020. Because we poo-pooed Bruce Arians uh, and and what he does to tight ends. And this season, he's decimated a guy that is extraordinarily athletic. He is a good player. 
but he just doesn't get used the way um, that a lot of people hope and wish that he would be used. So that's what I'm looking for this weekend, because if he doesn't show up, then I am, for all intents and purposes, not worried about O.J. Howard in 2020 um, for now. Now that could change. Um, so that's, uh, and I don't know. I don't think I mentioned it. 50.5 point over under Houston is three point favorites in this one. Um, and we didn't talk at all about the Texans. So, um, hope that, uh, not a whole lot happens for the Texans. Cause otherwise we, uh, we, uh, we'll be, we'll be stuck on Tuesday, but next game up the Saturday afternoon game. Um, Houston, Tampa Bay was the Saturday morning game, but this one is Buffalo at new England. Uh, it's a 37 and a half point over under. New England as six and a half point favorites. So it doesn't sound like there's a lot of fantasy uh, glory to be had by starting players in this game. And Evan, you want to know if uh, uh, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick right off into sunset, if Julian Edelman's going with them and, and maybe if his performance down the stretch might help uh, decide that as well. Yeah. Edelman is injured more and more and, Gronk retired because he was getting injured too much. And so I'm wondering if Edelman will go the same way, if especially if Tom Brady and Bill Belichick retire. And we'll see if, if he gets another injury and sits out. We'll, we'll see. I don't think he will, but it wouldn't shock me. So the injury part, the retirement part. The retirement part. So for this weekend, are you looking to see how he looks out there? You know, if he's playing banged up through these injuries, if. You know, what are you looking for this weekend with that 2020 in mind with uh, with Edelman? If he's uh, snap count, snap count. If to, yeah, if he's able to do a full workload in the game. Yeah, that's a that's a good call. That's a that's a good shorthand to see what uh, how he's feeling out there, because if he's pulling himself out, then then that's a problem because Edelman's been that that fighter for them for years now. And it's uh, if he started to pull himself off the field. That's a problem. So, um uh, I'm going to stick with the Patriots before Mike, you talk about, uh, everybody's boy. I think everybody here is excited for this guy for 2020, but I want to see this weekend, if this is it for the Patriots offense, if it, I don't want to say if, if Bill Belichick and Tom Brady decide to retire, cause even if they're there in 2020, I'm wondering what this offense is going to look like. Cause Tom Brady has looked like garbage. And one of the reasons why we love guys is we talk about, you know, X role in the Patriots capital P Patriots capital O offense. Well, we were, we were all excited about Sony Michelle taking over the LeGarrette blunt role. Remember the LeGarrette blunt role from like 2000, I want to say 15 or 16 dude had like three carries. Some games he had three carries for two, for five yards and two touchdowns. That's what we were excited for, for Sony Michelle. But if the offense is, is poop, if the offense is garbage, which they might be against this Bills team this weekend, you know, is this now an offense that we don't want parts for? Basically, what I, I want to see how this offense looks on Sunday to see if Sony Michelle is borderline worthless for 2020. Because if you've got a plotter of a back that doesn't catch balls and is not in an offense that's conducive to scoring touchdowns, you have Bo Scarborough. That's what you have. You have Bo Scarborough over the last few weeks, which is fine in non-PPR, but, you know, if you take that that role and then split up the backfield snaps and targets or snaps and touches where he's only getting, you know, f- less than 50 percent of the snaps. What is the point of having Sony Michelle on a fantasy team in, in 2020? So that's what I'm looking for this weekend is is uh, is this Patriots offense just spiraling, circling the drain um, and um, rendering rendering Michelle worthless in redraft for 2020. 
So Patriots aside, Mike, you want to talk about our boy, Devin Singletary. And I saw you had some choice Devin Singletary stats on Twitter. If you want to, I assume, I assume that you would want to talk about those in this. Yeah. So, uh, the, the main thing, two things. One, I definitely want to talk about that. And then two is, as we're talking about the Patriots, that, that's going to be a really tough matchup for Singletary. But he it really doesn't matter when it's come to him. I mean, almost every every tough matchup he's had, he's dominated. Uh, on, the, on the season right now, 136 attempts, 729 yards. Uh, that's a 5.4 yards per carry average. His touchdowns are low, uh, two. He only has two, and he only has one 100-yard game um, as well. So you definitely would like to see those numbers climb up. You probably can throw out the, out the window the 100-yard game and, the, and maybe it probably a doubtful a touchdown um, against the Patriots. So you're probably going to look at uh, just yards out of the guy. But he also has receptions as well. Um, and I'm hoping that's going to turn up as well next season. He's been targeted 40 times this year. He's caught 28 of them. So he, he is a good receiver out of the backfield. Uh, don't forget also that he's missed three games this year. And uh, earlier in the year, he, he missed three week three, four, and five. So that that's also a, a deduction of his stats. Me personally, uh, I think that he's the second – uh, best rookie running back this year, uh, right behind Josh Jacobs. And you probably can look at a lot of the stats and, and say maybe he's even a little bit better than Jacobs. Uh, so he's not getting the fanfare. Singletary is not getting the fanfare, A, because he's not playing for the Raiders, and B, he's in Buffalo. So those, I think, are the reasons why probably the, the casual fan isn't isn't too, too much knowing of Singletary while we're, like, pumping him up. Now, to address your, your question, um, he, he has Singletary this year, as I mentioned, had 30, 136 attempts. Mm -hmm. uh, this puts him behind players such as Frank Gore, Devontae Freeman, and the Tampa Bay Bucks twins of, of Barber and Jones. Even, even rookie fellow rookie Miles Sanders has more than uh, Singletary does. So those are some players that you wouldn't expect to have more, especially, I mean, you think Devontae Freeman, but Devontae Freeman has missed a, a boatload of games. Um, and those are some major names. And you look, Frank Gore, uh, you know, we, we've been watching uh, Singletary carry the load for the last five or six games, but yet Frank Gore has more carries than he does. Now, if you're looking at the rushing yards, uh, 729, uh, who, who does he have more than? Saquon Barkley. Levy Bell, Alvin Kamara, and Melvin Gordon. So all those names, Barkley, Bell, Kamara, and Gordon, he has more rushing yards than. That's crazy. That was the stat that I was waiting for. So run that list back again. Is He has more rushing yards than which guys? He has more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley, Le'Veon Bell, Alvin Kamara, and Melvin Gordon. Yeah. So the Gordon thing... I'll give him I'll give Gordon a pass because you know he sat out. But the other three, that was I was that was shocking to me when I saw that on Twitter. I did I did a double take with that stat. That's absolutely wild. These are four guys that are considered four of the best in the league. And um Devin Singletary's outplaying him um on on the ground. So pretty crazy, pretty wild. And um I'm excited to see 
uh, what Devin Singletary does for 2020. Um, where do you guys think he's going in, in drafts running back 15 through 20, somewhere in there? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and I, and I think he's going to be, he's going to be definitely probably drafted around there just because he is coming off his rookie season. But I think he's, he's going to be by the end of the year of 2020, he's going to be in the top 10. Uh, Evan, what do you think about Singletary? 20 to $25. Oh yeah. I forgot. <laughs> low end, low end RB two money for, uh, I, I think Mike's right. It's going to be a bargain. All right. All right. I'm in, yeah, I'm in the 15 and 20 range, which is why I pegged him there. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, and a game that I will be very excited to see how it goes is the Saturday night game Rams at Niners. It's the last game this season at Levi stadium, except for when they beat the Rams and they beat the Seahawks and they're the number one seed and I'll see you in the playoffs. Uh, I hope that bravado worked. 45 point over under this one. Niners are six and a half point favorites, which after how they played it uh, against the Falcons last weekend, little itchy about that spread. But um, Mike, you're wondering, um, will the Rams skill position players rebound next season? Because it's been a really bad year for them this year. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised about how bad they've been. Uh, Jared Goff has probably the worst, no, second worst uh, ratio for touchdowns and interceptions. He has 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and that's the only the only player worse than him is Baker Mayfield because Mayfield has 17 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Uh, so that alone, I, I think, can be improved on. Um, Todd Gurley, 741 yards, but he has 10 touchdowns. So you know he's he's being a, a RB two. I could probably stay, see the same, and then. What you really have is is just what I'm shocked about is outside of Cooper Cup, 83 receptions and eight touchdowns, you have the combination of Cooks and Woods catching just two touchdowns this year. Um, and and if you combine Everett and Higby, they they though that tight end set has more touchdowns than Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, and they also have more receptions and yards. So the wide receivers two and three have been horrible a lot of that is on the fault of jared golf uh they they're definitely they, they change the offense system system around to incorporate the tight end more than they did last year thinking maybe that would be a good idea it hasn't worked out uh and obviously teams are are neglecting todd Gurley, but he's still uh, 188 carries 741 yards and 10 touchdowns i'll take that um especially where we got him um that that's 16th in rushing yards seventh in touchdown so that he's been um pretty pretty good uh even though you know a lot of the games he's just tanked uh so yeah i i think that a lot you'll see an up uptick because i don't think it can get any worse but how much is is definitely going to be the interesting situation yeah and i'm going to piggyback on that as well because i Wanted to know what I want to see is if the Rams offense is on an upswing, if it's something that we can trust going into next season, because um, they have I mean, they scored uh, third, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they scored 34 points three games ago, 28, 21. Um, you know, they're that's much better than what they had been doing. Six, 17, 12, you know, they had been kind of circling the drain. I want to know if they're on an upswing for next season, but I think that they're only going as far as Jared Goff is taking them because Jared Goff has not thrown for three touchdowns in a game this year. 
And that speaks to Mike. You talked about Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods having this limited touchdown upside this year. Cooper Cup's been getting his. Um, he's got eight touchdowns on the year. Um, but it's like, you know, Jared Goff has only since it's been a uh, since last. Let's see, December second of twenty eighteen. From then to now, he's thrown more than two touchdowns in a game once and that was a week 17 affair against the 49ers last season which let me let me, let me ask you a question let me see if the 49ers were trying in this game in week 17 last year let me just let me just uh give you uh starting quarterback nick mullins mike's favorite starting <laughs> starting running back alfred morris starting wide receivers kendrick Bourne, ricky richie james and trent taylor is this a team that was trying that he put four touchdowns up against i submit they were not week 17 Nothing to play for, to be honest. You're actively trying to lose to get Nick Bosa, and so it's like that's the one game that he that they man that he manages to pull it out of the fire. Since that Kansas City game, I keep pointing to that Kansas City game that somehow that game broke Jared Goff, and I'm worried about this Rams offense for next year because of the quarterback. Because Jared Goff is just he's limiting their upside. Um, he has in his like. His touchdowns this season. I'm just gonna run them down because it's 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 you you need to hear this. One, one, two, two, one, zero, two, two, three games in a row without a touchdown. Zero, zero, zero. Then he's had three games in a row with two touchdowns. But there's no upside here. There's no explosive Rams offense. If you look at the Rams before that Kansas City game last year, he had three touchdowns, five touchdowns, three touchdowns, three touchdowns, four touchdowns. He was that's the Rams offense that we were investing in this year. And we've gotten we've gotten trash this year. That's what we've gotten out of Jared Goff. It's been a trash offense, a trash offense where the quarterback is on pace to throw for 19 touchdowns and 17 interceptions this year. That's what we've gotten out of this offense. And I need to see something from Jared Goff this weekend. That's bad. That's bad. I need to see something from Jared Goff this weekend for me to be able to invest in a single Ram next season. I need to see something from Jared Goff for me to trust anybody next season there. So that's what I'm looking for in this Rams Niners game that and the 49ers to win by about 40 points. That's what I'm hoping for. All right. So let's move on to Sunday Jacksonville at Atlanta uh, 46 point over under Atlanta seven point favorites uh, two teams with some crazy coaching and uh, front office shenanigans going on this season. Both kind of hoping waiting for the offseason to start. Um, for this one. So Evan, you want to know um, if Ridley is due for year three breakout, but um, I, since Ridley's on IR, do you have something you're looking for in this game that might give you some hope for 2020, um, what you're looking forward to? Uh, you're on mute. Th- this I like looking at DJ Chark. DJ Chark, yeah, that's yeah. that's a good pivot for. So what? So he's banged up. So what do you what are you looking for him in this uh, this one? And what do you think that might do to him for your uh, your rankings for next year? Your values? I think they're going to stick with Tannehill. So I want to see Tannehill. I, I, I'm talking Jacksonville. I think they're going to stick with Minshew. So I haven't actually watched Jacksonville tape very much. So I want to see where where in his. Uh, what do you call it? Primary, secondary receivers. Where in his rotation uh, uh, chart gets looked at? If he's looking for him first or second, if the play breaks down, who does he look at? 
That's what I want to see. If there's a good connection, there, there's obviously somewhat of a connection there. And if it's a great connection, I'll probably edge them up a little bit. I like spotting something on tape that the stats don't show. Yeah, and in this one, since he's banged up, it'll be one of those gritted out performances that you can see that, that not everything has to be perfect for Chark. So if he does perform well in this one, um, it's, a, it's a good thing to uh, roll forward into 2020 in your evaluations. So Mike, Mike's asking the question that nobody wants to ask about the Falcons because Julio Jones has been, I mean, he did okay last, he did well last week because he, he got t- touched down by half a football, a third of a football. Um, but where are we drafting Julio Jones next year and what's going on with him in this one? That'll yeah. help us decide. Yeah, they have, they have Jaguars this week and then Tampa Bay next week. So you should expect him to probably dominate, um, at least against the Buccaneers if they decide to play him in week 17, Jacksonville is a pretty good pass defense. So, uh, you might see his typical, you know, seven to eight. Uh, receptions uh, for, you know, 80 yards and so forth and so on. No touchdowns, obviously, Um, because he's only had uh, six scores this year and four of those touchdowns that came in two games. So as you mentioned, against the 49ers, he had two touchdowns. And then early on in the season against Eagles, he had two touchdowns. So that's four of his six or just in two games. So when he does score, he scores quite a bit in two but you're going through a whole season without him getting in the end zone for the most part. Uh, with him, it's it's yards per game and yards per catch. And that's, that's slipped uh, since 2016. Uh, 2016, that year, he had a 17 um, yards per catch average. It's down to now 14 yards. So he's gone from 17 to 14. So... Long gone are those games where he catches, you know, six passes and gets 130 yards. I, I just don't think he's that player anymore. Right now, he has 82 catches for 1,150 yards for an 88, or if you want to round up, an 89 yards per game average. And that, you know, 104 yards in 2018, 100 yards in 2016, and 116 yards in 2015. So that is a big dip as well. I, I think Calvin really is their go-to guy um, deep, and they're using um, pretty much like the Bucks are using Mike Evans for shorter routes, the same way as DeAndre Hopkins. They're just getting shorter and shorter routes. So obviously the yards aren't going to be there. Uh, so if you're looking at this year, his, his numbers put him 13th in receptions, uh, 6th in yards, and in the lower 20s for touchdowns. So I, I do see him as a still a number one uh, wide receiver one, but it, it's you're looking at either a wide receiver one with the 10th receiver taken off the board, 11th receiver or 12th wide receiver off the board. That still makes him top, you know, your starter, but it's at the very tail end of that. Wow. So you're really downgrading Julio Jones coming into next year. You're not thinking that there might be a bounce back for this offense. Even if there is a bounce back, uh, as we've seen with, with you know, um, Matt Ryan and the way he alternates years, I, I just don't see that those yards per game being so far up. I mean, he would have to get 12 more yards per game um, to even match what he did in 2018. And so it's 
it's just I just see him running shorter routes, and with shorter routes, those yards are are going to um, be less uh, uh, overall on the statistic board for the season. So could he could he go from eighty eight yards this year to ninety two, ninety three? Sure, but you're not looking at uh, overall a dramatic increase. Uh, so thirteenth in receptions, sixteen yards, and twenty is in touchdowns. Yeah, um, you, even if you could put him eleventh in receptions and fourth in yards and he has typical 20 20 ranking touchdowns you're still at that 10 11 12 mark okay is there anything you could do in this game to change your mind about that diminished rank for next year um i no because i mean even if he blows up and scores like two touchdowns and, and adds to his total to eight it's still that whole not getting in the end zone on a consistent basis Okay. All right, then. All right, then. So what I'm looking for in this one is, um, <clears throat> is Gardner Minshew about to wow us as we head into the offseason? We need to see something from Gardner Minshew. I mentioned a couple of games ago that um, I was excited for this receiving core in Gardner Minshew going into 2020. And um, I need to see something from him in this game. I need to see, you know, uh, maybe a, a 275, two touchdowns, no interceptions kind of game. Something to give me uh, some um, some feel goods about him going into 2020. So that's what I need. That's what I'm looking for this weekend um, with Gardner Minshew. All right. So next game up is Baltimore at Cleveland. 47 and a half point over under Baltimore. Ten point favorites. And um, uh, Mike, you're wondering about uh, Lamar Jackson in 2020 um, with a with uh, with a tougher schedule. Yeah. So we, we all know that Baltimore, unless a freak luck of nature happens, this team should either end up in the championship, AFC championship, or Super Bowl. So that is going to be uh, – that. That's their schedule is going to definitely reflect that. And I, I look back and I looked at um, the teams that he's played against. Um, the 21st-ranked uh, defense um, – or or higher, and what I mean by higher, I'm talking about top ten. So he's had uh, about eight games um, that are playing 21st defense um, or higher. So he averages 20, 247 total yards, 2.6 touchdowns, a half an interception, and a 62% completion rate. Uh, the percent of completion is, is what you expect with Darnold or Brissett. Uh, his yards is 10th in the NFL. Uh, but what you're really looking at is his touchdowns, and they're very impressive. Uh, first in the NFL, and any team that he's faced, 16th or lower, um, you know, 15th, 14th, 13th, and that, you know, as you go down, um, he's putting up nearly two touchdowns a game, 1.875. And that would put him in the top three range. So he's his his passing percentage is down. Um, his yards really shouldn't shouldn't be that low when you're combining both passing and and rushing. But his touchdowns now, if you are a touchdown believer and you think he's going to continue to this touchdown pace, then I, I, he's he's going to finish in the top five next year as well. If you feel like there's going to be a big regression come his touchdowns and Due to those tough schedules, then you're going to probably want to want to skip skip that top five pick 
and put him, you know, around eighth or ninth as as a quarterback. Okay, so I'm I'm looking forward at 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 the 2020 Ravens schedule really quick. Um, they so they're they're going to play the AFC East team that has the same finish as them. So it's it's going to be the Patriots, the AFC West team that has the same finish as them. So that's going to be the Chiefs. But other than that, I mean, they play Washington, Philly, no uh, Houston. Um, they play uh, obviously the Steelers twice. That's a difficult matchup. But the Jags, Cowboys, Giants, because they're playing the NFC East. I don't see. Or they play the Colts too next year. So they play the AFC South and the uh, uh, AFC North. I'm sorry, the NFC West um, next year. So I don't, I don't particularly see a lot of bad matchups on that schedule as I look at it right now. Now, obviously, things are going to change. Um, Steelers twice is going to suck, but there's no getting away from Steelers twice. I'm right. just not, I'm just not so worried. I mean, Steelers twice is kind of evened out by Bengals twice. <laughs> True. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just not so worried about uh, what schedule he's facing. It's not like he's facing the NFC West next year where he's got to take on, uh, you know, the Rams defense with Jalen Ramsey and then the Niners defense. that's much improved this year and the Seattle defense. That's always good. I, I you had me worried that 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 he was playing the NFC West next year with with your your schedule worries, but I understand what you're saying that he plays not as well against better teams. I'm just uh, we'll we'll see how that goes uh, for well, next year. I, I I think it doesn't really matter who he plays uh, because he is going to be he he's a let me put it this way he's a lot better than what I thought he was, um, and um, it, it, pretty much his his numbers are. I mean, when you're in the top three against teams that are 16 or lower against defenses and you're still putting up two touchdowns a game, I don't really see that it matters overall. I think what the the key point, two key points that, that you want to look at in drafting this guy next year is, A, can you live with his low completion percentage? And B, do you believe he's going to score as many touchdowns as he's doing this year as he will next year? Um, or do you think that he's going to regress back to a normal mean? And if you feel he's going to score more, if you feel he's going to do the touchdowns as he's doing this year, then all means pick him as your top quarterback. But if, if you feel, well, you know, the flu kind of thing, touchdowns you can't count on, and I see him dropping off, then you want it. You want to go with that as well. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So Evan, you want to know how many offensive starters will leave the team, and I am going to. Uh, use my crystal ball and say that you are not talking about the uh, the burn every other team to the ground Baltimore Ravens when you talk yes. about this. <laughs> I don't mean how many are going to leave in the off season, but I mean how many are going to leave on this weekend. Like, is someone just going to quit at halftime like that one Buffalo Bill did? Is someone just going to hop into the stands and sit down? Are they going to sneak over to the other team? Something weird is going to go down on this trash fire team. It does every week. And that's what I'm watching for. Yeah, I would say uh, uh, two um, guys yelling at the opposite sideline, two offensive stars in Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry yelling to the Cardinals, which it's the Cardinals. It's not like they're playing the Ravens or some other, you know, high flying offense. It's the Cardinals um, who are better this year, but it's still the Cardinals yelling at them to come get us. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see what kind of insanity happens this weekend on the, uh, on the Brown sideline too, because if it continues to spiral um, for 2020, it's going to, this is going to be 
Uh, I think it's going to be a hotly debated um, offense in terms of their weapons outside of Nick Chubb, um, whatever ends up happening there. And uh, that rolls into my question, which is, is anything in Cleveland worth it outside of Nick Chubb next year? Um, Odell Beckham could should be probably going to be gone. Um, that'll leave Jarvis Landry as the wide receiver one. We kind of saw what happened with that last year. There's going to be a new coaching staff. I need to see this team not implode in on itself, which I'm not confident will is, is of something that will happen um, for me to feel good about anybody outside of Nick Chubb going into 2020. So they need to put up some sort of fight against the Ravens. I'm not saying win, but they need to show some sort of backbone for me to feel good about anybody on this team, except for Chubb next year. Um, so next one up, uh, New Orleans at Tennessee. Uh, it's a 50.5 point over under New Orleans are two and a half point favorites. And so, uh, Evan, you want to know if uh, Tannehill is going to be a top 12 uh, uh, fantasy guy next year? Yeah. Is Tannehill going to be a top 12 fantasy guy next year? Out of nowhere? What's going on? What The emergence of people we had written off is going to make a delightful shakeup when people have to make their projections for drafts and auctions in 2020. Twenty. So I need to start watching tape now, and it's not like I ever watched tape of him in Miami to figure out where I'm going to put him. Yeah. So Tannehill, that's a good question. Mine kind of rolls into that as well. Is um, is AJ Brown going to be? Uh, where are we drafting him next year? Because and this the reason that this weekend I think goes a long way is so he smashed three out of his four three out of his last four matchups. One thirty five and a touchdown uh, in week twelve. Uh, 153, two touchdowns in, in week 14, and 114 in a touchdown in week 15. This week, he gets a separate the man from the boy, the men from the boys matchup this weekend. He's getting uh, Marcus Lattimore. Or I'm sorry, he, he's getting, wow, Marcus Lattimore? Is that right? <laughs> or am I thinking, that, is that the old 49ers running back? Yep, that's the 49ers running back. Marshawn Lattimore. Sorry, I, I went back in time to 2012. Um, Marshawn Lattimore, and if he's not getting Marshawn Lattimore, he's getting the new acquisition of Janoris Jenkins. So the difference between a, we'll say, wide receiver 15 to 20 and a wide receiver uh, uh, 12 to, we'll say, 10 to 12, a wide receiver one versus a wide receiver two, is how they do in these matchups. Is he going to get shut down? That's what I want to know because that tells me that he, if he performs this weekend, with there's no getting away from this. He's going to be have one of those guys on him pretty much all game long. If he can perform and step up, well, you know what? Maybe I have to move A.J. Brown up in my ranks for next season. If he gets shut down, all right, he'll probably stay where he is, which is you know a high-end wide receiver two uh, for, for next year, a middling to high-end wide receiver two. So that's why this weekend I think it's going to go a long way um, with his matchup against the Saints to see how he does for, for me for next year. And um, a guy uh, that did poorly for me this year, I was really all in on, I think I had him as my running back one at one point, is Alvin Kamara. Um, and, um, he presents a potential buy low, but Mike, you want to know if he'll be the best buy on the dollar for next season. Yeah. We, we've seen him play, uh, the way he should be playing over in 2017, his rookie year. And in 2018, where we saw him go from eight touchdowns to 14 touchdowns. Now he's at one. Um, so he's, that, two. Uh, he's got two. Oh, he's got two. Don't short shrift my boy Alvin. He's got, a, I think he's got a rushing and a receiving touchdown. Hold on. Let me confirm that. Receiving. Yes, he got them both in the same game. 
Oh, receiving. Correct. Correct. Yes. I, I meant one touchdown on the ground. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Overall, yes. Um, he has he has two touchdowns. Um, even that's dropped um, in receiving. Uh, he's had five in 2017, four in 2018, and now one in 2019. Uh, yards obviously are are dropping um, from last year to this year. It's you know it's he is catching the same amount of passes though. He caught 81 both years. Now he has 73. I think he'll either catch that mark or surpass it. So that's really the only thing he's been consistent with is catching um, passes. Uh, even his yards are going to um, take maybe a dip. It's it's just been a really lonely year for him. But I think that it's sort of like the Drew, Drew Brees of a couple of years ago where it just didn't work out. He, he, Drew Brees had like 24 touchdowns a couple of years ago. Um, Alvin Kamara has one. I, I see a, a great pickup in, in Alvin Kamara. So, um, yeah, one touchdown is, I think, a total fluke. Yeah, I, I agree with the touchdown thing. I, uh, I'm i seeing uh, he, he's, he's dealing with the ankle injury. I think there's some big touchdown regression coming to him next year. He's doing – you got to – the 49ers game, he got completely shut down, which uh, kind of throws a lot of, uh, you know, talking about how he's performed um, outside of the touchdowns. It throws it out of whack. But, I mean, outside of that Niners game, he's getting – 80 yards at least pretty much every game this year so it's it is something where he I mean he's on pace it's wild we talk about you know Alvin Kamara as this you know downturn when he's playing on a a, a 1,550 yard pace right now you know he's averaging uh, uh, 97 yards per game so it's really weird because it's true he has been a huge disappointment but it's it's been the dang touchdowns it's been the dang expectations we had for him and it's been this 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 injury that he can't shake him and Saquon Barkley both have these injuries that they came back from and haven't looked to be the same um, since then so all right so we'll go ahead and move on to Cincinnati at Miami 46 and a half point over under Miami is one is a one point favorite in this one and Evan wants to know. Uh, will Parker be due for a letdown next year, wherever he's ranked by the media? Why don't you go ahead and expand on that? Yeah, I figure, you know, this. I, I feel like this is a flash. It's not like Fitzpatrick can maintain it. That's been the theme of his career. It's not like Parker can maintain success. That's been the theme of his career. So I don't know where people are going to, where non-us media are going to rank them. But I suspect that no matter where they rank them, I'll be like, ah, it's too high. So I want to watch him. I also need to get some eyeballs on uh, tape for this game because I, I've been watching Miami all year. But now Devontae Parker's flipping out. And for my big money league team, no doubt, I want to see exactly what's going on. Is he getting the separation? Is he running tight routes? Or is it just blown coverages? Is it him or is it his, the, the system? Is it him or is it his opponent's? All right, so yeah, this weekend he gets uh, a team that's played better lately, the Bengals, but we'll see how he does in that one. And speaking of a team that's played uh, better lately, is uh, how, Mike, what, you want to learn something about Joe Mixon this weekend? Yeah, um, I really have. Uh, he, he's been playing really well over the last few weeks. Uh, he's In the last six games, he has three 100 yards um, and three touchdowns. Uh, which is really good considering he did like zero. I mean, he, he was putting out 
you know, four yards and 12 yards and just doing nothing for the first eight weeks. So here we go again. You know, it's it's the same song. He's he's performing well, doing the right things, and then he'll he'll put himself in a position to be a second round draft choice again, and then we'll get what. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see what's what's going to ha- end up happening in these next two games, just to see how that's going to propel Joe Mixon. Because if he finishes as strong as his last six games have been, then what, it, what we're, we're forced into the box again, uh, picking Joe Mixon in the second round just to get half the results. Yeah, we'll see. I think, um, you know, he he needs to show overcoming this offensive line, which they hopefully improve uh, this offseason. Um, <clears throat> what I'm looking for is the running back on the other side, and it's not Patrick Laird, not the mean back. It's uh, Miles Gaskin. Um, Gaskin, if you just look at the stat sheet, he did, he ran pretty well last weekend, um, on a yards per carry basis, but, uh, you have to recognize, um, that his, uh, nine carries for 43 yards does include a 27 yard run in there. Um, he only had two, two carries out of his nine that went over for over two yards. Um, and, um, it was half of them were in the fourth quarter. Um, so uh, when the game was already out of hand. So I want to know um, if Miles Gaskin can put something down on tape because he looked like, okay. He didn't look sp- spectacular, stupendous. He looked okay. Uh, kind of the same guy we thought he was coming out of college. Um, and I want to see if he can put put down some feel goods on tape going into next season as maybe a, an upside guy for us to pick um, in the later part of our drafts. Um, but of course, Miami's going to trade for like David Johnson or something and blow that all up because fantasy football is stupid. All right, speaking of fantasy football stupid, are you guys ready for the Darnold Hodges Bowl? Pittsburgh at the Jets, 38.5 point over under. Pittsburgh, three-point favorites. And Mike doesn't think that the in the Le'Veon Bell Bowl, he thinks that Le'Veon Bell's going to land somewhere else next season. Yeah, um, you know, he, he was rumored, Le'Veon Bell was rumored to be shopped earlier in the year um, when he was doing nothing. Uh, midway season, same type of thing. You know, he's making $14.5 million this year. He'll, uh, If they release him, it would be an $8.5 million cap hit. Uh, he's going to be making uh, $26 uh, – no, no, I'm sorry. He's going to be making, I think, $11 million next year with a $13 million so cap hit. So it, they're definitely putting themselves in a bind the longer they, they keep him. Uh, with that said, Sam Darnold. Are they going to really put a lot of faith into him? And hopefully he's the future because he's not doing anything. He's an average quarterback, but he's only been playing for two years. Their offensive line needs a lot of work. So I've always uh, I, I always thought that the, the signing was, was pretty ridiculous because when you don't have a good quarterback and you don't have a good offensive line, how do you expect an excellent player to perform great stats that you're paying them for? And now they're in that situation where did we make a mistake? And we'll see. I, I mean, we'll see come June, June 1st what they decide to do. Uh, they Bell's talked about leaving um, if the situation is right. So I wouldn't doubt it, but we'll see. Yeah, and I, I Bell, I, I talked about a couple times, Bell's run style does not work with a bad offensive line. Um, it goes from 
being patient to getting your butt whooped in the backfield really easily with a bad offensive line. So um, I think it might be best for everybody involved for him to leave um, and go be somewhere else with a better line. So, uh, Evan, you want to know about uh, Bell's former teammate, uh, Juju, next season, a guy that you want to see some. He's going to be active this weekend, so you're hoping maybe he can put something on tape to be a good buy-low candidate for next season? Even I'm hoping the opposite. I'm hoping he gets overthrown a lot so that I can grab him when their quarterback comes back next season. That's what I'm watching for. Overthrow yeah, Juju. I call Juju the easiest uh, third-round pick that I'm going to make in my entire life. I've called him that multiple times this season because next year it's going to be a smash play um, with him uh, coming back. He's going to have a third year. He's he's going to have that typical third year breakout. I think they're going to do some stuff to address their offense in the off season and um, with uh, hopefully Ben coming back and all that stuff. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, what I want to know is if this this is a bad matchup for Sam Darnold. I mean the the Steelers getting Mika Fitzpatrick might turn it out to be a, a coup. Um, he turned their defense around, and um, I want to see what Sam Darnold does against this good defense because he's he's played mostly bad defenses lately, except for Baltimore last weekend. I mean it was Miami, Cincy, Oakland. No offense, Evan, Washington, and the Giants, and it's been to mixed results. So I want to see what he does with two straight games against good good defenses. I want to see him put some good tape um, on the uh, some good tape down uh, to see if he's one of those like you know like quarterback like 15 with upside. Uh, maybe with Philip Rivers retiring, he becomes the new Philip Rivers. Um, by the way, that's my hot take: is Philip Rivers is retiring. It's not really a hot take, but um, with Philip Rivers probably retiring, um, he could step right into that role of the quarterback 15 with uh, with uh, quarterback 10 upside. So that's what I want to see from Sam Darnold. So, all right, we'll go ahead and move on to the next one, which of course, guys, of course, it's Carolina and Indianapolis. For, 46 point over under, Indianapolis six and a half point favorites. Mike, you want to know if Christian McCaffrey can can get any better than this after declaring Dalvin Cook the best running back in fantasy football? I did, and I should never have said that because Christian <laughs> McCaffrey was my number one from the start. Uh, you, you never, you never. Once you put that answer down on the test, you always stick with that answer. There you uh, go. But yeah, I mean, can he get any better? Uh, it's going to be hard, especially with with who knows that quarterback. Now, if Cam Newton comes back healthy and they sign him, um, and he's there, then yeah, there's a chance. But when you've already put up 1,300 yards and scored 14 touchdowns just on the ground uh, and you've caught 94 passes and I don't know how many touchdowns in the air, uh, four, then, yeah, ceiling, yeah, absolutely. Um, but even if he regresses a little bit, I, I don't think it's matter. He's He should be the number one back on the board. I mean, you shouldn't even have to say his name when it comes to draft time and you're the first pick of the draft. If you say any other name than McCaffrey, I don't know about you. It's like back in the day, it was Ladanian Tomlinson and then everybody else. Exactly. It's the, it, it, that's the kind of feeling that I'm getting from Christian McCaffrey. So, um, Evan, you're wondering about Christian McCaffrey's teammate. If if DJ Moore in the third round is crazy for next year, in which case we need to start talking about this Panthers offense for 2020. DJ Moore is 11th overall in total points half point PPR that makes sense for among wide receivers he's 11th uh it's going to be his third year next year and like you said they've got McCaffrey they've got Samuel although he's not great he's a piece uh they'll have Will Greer will have some experience or they'll have a better quarterback 
DJ Moore going to start going in round three? Is that crazy? I think that, I mean, we kind of had this discussion um, in the um, the cover six. This game is goes a long way to, to answering that question because there's a lot of rumors about Cam not coming back. So I actually kind of like that question because this game will go a long way to answer if that's crazy or not. I uh, literally the... forgot Cam Newton existed. <laughs> <laughs> I literally forgot all about him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, there's rumors that Cam Newton's going somewhere else next year, which we'll we'll see, um, you know. But that's um, that this is a good that's a good question for this game because if it's Will Greer next year, um, we'll see how we we already had that discussion. We won't we won't rehash that. Mike, I need you to cover your ears. Okay. I need Covering. you to cover. I need you to cover your ears. Since Jacoby Brissett came back from injury, this dude has been straight trash for this offense. I want to know in this one if um, anybody outside of T.Y. Hilton is worth worrying about next year, is worth drafting. And that includes Marlon Mack because this whole offense is just getting dragged down because for Jacoby Brissett is just – I. I don't know. It, I, don't, I don't know what's gone wrong. I don't know if it's his injury, but his, in, his injury – is affecting the way he's processing the game and how he's, I, I don't understand it. And Mike, you can uncover your ears now and okay. a- answer me this question. Why has Jacoby Brissett gotten 251 passing yards or less? Let's be clear here. Three out of the last uh, five games, he's gotten under 165 or less. Yeah. What is happening? And is this going to be a problem for this op- for offensive weaponry on this team going into 2020? I think what we've seen is an exposure of Jacoby Brissett and the fact that he he is a lot like Dak Prescott, but Dak Prescott is probably over better um, athletically to the fact that, and what I mean by this is that both Dak Prescott and Jacoby Brissett rely on where those wide receivers are going to be at the exact moment they're going to be there. So what what we're seeing is, is trash wide receivers. Um, <laughs> They're, they're just horrible. Um, and they're, they're not getting to the spots that he needs them to get. So he's throwing to that spot. They're just not there. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it's, it, that's why I see you, you see such a tilt in, in production from what he used to be doing to now. Um, when he had, you know, his when Hilton was healthy and Doyle and Ebron and all the guys he relies on. Uh, Doyle's still there, but it, it's, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I think that a lot has to do, and I think also the knee injury is eliminating him, but um, we'll see. Maybe, maybe he's just not any good, but it's hard for me to say he's not any good when he has the receivers he's throwing to. Yeah, so with a healthy, air quotes, healthy T.Y. Hilton this weekend, I think it'll go a long way to see how he's going to do next year. So, all right, we got to get rolling on this one. Next game up. It's hard to do 16 games at once, guys. It's a lot of it's a, it's a lot of jibber jabber. All right, Giants at Washington, 42 and a half point over under. Washington, two and a half point favorites. Let's be short on this because this is, I mean, come on, guys. Giants, Washington. There are a lot to talk about here. Evan, let's talk about scary Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I want to watch him. Is he going to have two good games and st- keep clicking with Haskins? If so, then uh, I'm thinking he might go fourth round next year i think if he falls to the fifth i might grab him uh if he falls for under of course in auction i always lump together a bunch of wide receiver two candidates and don't bid more than ten dollars for them so i'm not going to give a a a value for him that accurately reflects what other pundits are giving 
but he'll definitely be in that group where if he goes for uh, $10 or less, I snatch him up. Especially if he starts clicking, if he keeps clicking with Haskins. Yeah, and uh, that, that rolls into my question, which is uh, Dwayne Haskins, He was the, I said it, he's the quarterback 10 last week. He was in a good matchup. This is another good matchup. Can he put more on tape for the end of this season to enter him into the streamable quarterback discussion for 2020? I'm not insane. I'm not saying we should draft Dwayne Haskins. There's a lot of problems in Washington going on. Namely, they're going to have a new head coach next year. But is he entering into the streamable quarterback discussion instead of one of the guys that you automatically lop off right off the top when you're looking at streaming quarterbacks? You know, um, So I want to see him in back-to-back good matchups. Uh, Philly last week, uh, New York this week, if he can put some good tape down. And um, Mike, this is actually a question I've been asking myself a lot. Your question for this game about dare we us take a chance on dare we us in 2020 with uh, Danny Dimes uh, under center. Yeah, and he's performed pretty well. I mean, he's a rookie, so you can't hold a whole lot of expectations. But 44 receptions is 73rd uh, among wide receivers. His yards are 44, and the big number, eight touchdowns, is tied for fourth among nine other wide receivers. He has two 100-yard um, games this year. Uh, he's out of Auburn, which is, you know, I heard a good school. So, and then on top of that, he leads the Giants in targets, yards, and touchdowns. But obviously, he's played three or four more games than uh, Golden Tate and uh, Sterling Shepard, which will probably remain the two wide receivers. But I... I think you can definitely take a dart throw on this guy and see what happens. Uh, a good game against Washington will, will definitely propel uh, those stats and not only those stats, but his um, going from maybe a, a 50th wide receiver to, to 40th type of jump. Sort of that your wide receiver four with upside sort of deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's that's I'm I'm curious to see how Slayton does in in this game for 2020 as well. That was a that was a good question. I've just narrowed in on Dwayne Haskins because I still can't get over that he was a top 10 quarterback last week. Just absolutely mind boggling. I know that so, surprised me too. It's like where the heck did that come from? Yeah, so two guys who you know you've got two young guns with uh, Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins. You got another young gun here. Mr. Blau, David Blau here, but the actual other young gun, uh, Drew Locke. There's three rookie quarterbacks in a row. So we're talking Detroit, Denver, 38 and a half point over under Denver, six and a half point favorites. And I'm going to start this one. I want to know if Drew Locke is a 2020 sleeper. This is a good matchup for him to take care of or take advantage of. This is sort of should be his boom game for this, the rest of the season. And I like what he's put on tape. Every play seems, or most of the plays seem to be positive for him. He's getting balls into tight windows. He's getting balls out quickly. They've got some zip on him. I like what I've seen from Drew Locke so far this year. And we talked about it last week where maybe uh, uh, John Elway hasn't screwed it up. And so I want to see what he looks like in this very winnable matchup against a, a, a Lions team that kind of has nothing left to play for and to see what that does for him for 2020. And that rolls right into Evan's question about Cortland Sutton, or I'm sorry, Mike's question for Cortland Sutton for next year. Which is? Mike? Hello? Uh-oh. Evan, are you there? Is anybody there? I am there? here. I am here. You are there. Is Mike there? 
All right, we'll come back to Mike. Evan, let's talk about Carryon Johnson. He should be back for this game for 2020. Yeah, I want more I want more tape on him. He he might play. Uh, uh he's been practicing. Uh, he was hot and cold after being our little darling in the preseason. So I want to know if the mechanics have ironed out. I want to I want to watch him again in preparation for last for next year. This year I was watching him just hoping he didn't make me look like an idiot. But now I want to watch to see if he's making making some strides, if if he's back to full health, or if he's favoring something that I want to look into in the off season. I want to see carry on. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, I haven't seen Mike in a while. Is Mike back? <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I am back. Yeah. Right. We'll need to so talk let's... about Cortland Sutton. Yes. And you know, he, he kind of reminds me a lot of Joe Mixon when he's on. He's he's on and he's doing great things, uh, but again, he, also his touchdowns are concerning as well. Um, just like Julio Jones, four touchdowns um, in uh, six games. So you're looking at where he's he scored um, two 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 touchdowns um, in two games, which gave him four. Uh, so it's like okay, well, when he scores, he's going to score. Uh, at least twice, uh, but the, re- the rest of the season, you're not going to find um, much of him at all. Uh, two 100-yard-plus games this year, 63 receptions. It, you know, it, Drew Locke is the answer here, really. If if Drew Locke is what we, we've been talking about, um, I, I definitely like to see Cortland Sutton just blow it up. Uh, he's been targeted 107 times this year, but he's only caught 63 passes, so We'll, we'll see what happens, but I do like him. Um, and But he's he's either top 20 or top 40. So if he falls down to the 32nd wide receiver, go ahead and pull the trigger because you probably have a great buy. Yeah, so um, I'm excited for him for, tw- for 2020. I was big on him this year. Um, <clears throat> Mike almost got kicked off the podcast for insisting he wasn't a bell cow. I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> that, but he was – Mike was very upsetting to me about this, <laughs> but I'm excited for carry on in, in 2020. Hopefully they, he can build on what he's got going on and stay healthy. So, all right. Oakland who had their, uh, their, their swan song in the Coliseum last week, they're traveling to LA to take on the chargers 45 and a half point over under chargers, six point favorites, Evan, as the resident Raiders fan, you get to go first. I have some umbrage with this question, but you want to know if Darren Waller can be a top three tight end for 2020. Yeah, I want to watch him. He was in a slump there, but he's picked way up. So I want to finish up my tape to see if I want to put him past uh, Dallas Goddard's teammate on the list. Kittle? Waller. So you, so you think, so it's, it's, it's Kelsey and then it's Kittle and, and then Waller, no Ertz? For 2020, that's yeah. what that's why I take umbrage with this question. Yeah, me too. Put Ertz prove yourself. Like four. What did you say, Evan? Yeah, put Ertz four. Wow. All right. You think Goddard's gonna start eating into his targets next year? Sure. All right, <laughs> Evan. I need, some, I need to come. I I needed. I I top down designed this. I said I need to feel good about something from the Raiders. Let me put Waller as a top three tight end and figure it out from there. So remember when we talked about how um, Darren Waller, uh, his targets cratered with Hunter Renfro being in the lineup, and then Hunter Renfro broke his rib and punctured his lung or whatever? 
Maybe. You're, okay. Uh, well, while we were recording, uh, Hunter Renfro was deemed uh, was taken off the injury report, and he's playing this weekend. So, <laughs> good okay, luck good. That's with what that. I watch. That's what I want to watch. It. Perfect. <laughs> good luck with that. So, Mike, you want to talk about Darren Waller's teammate? Yeah. Uh, Josh Jacobs, who's going to be out in this one uh, with a yes. shoulder injury, but uh, you want to know about how he's going to be um, in 2020? Yeah, so he'll probably be out this. He's got definitely out this week, probably out next week. Uh, but what what I'm looking for is with the stats he's put up and should be the rookie of the year um, as far as I'm considered, uh, even though he's only going to play for uh, thir- 13 or 14 games, whatever, um, is, is the – is will he be a top eight running back off the board, which puts him probably in the first round for most drafts. And so I looked at that and um, Chubb is in the top eight. He's eighth running back right now, Um, 1400 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, That'll put him in the top eight. Or if he rushes for a thousand yards and catches 73 passes while scoring three touchdowns. So, does he have 1,400 or eight? Uh, he has seven touchdowns. Would he, would he score in the next two games if he was playing? Maybe, probably, whatever. So he, he's probably going to get the eight mark. 1,400 yards, well, he needs another 300 on top of that. So it's, it's definitely doable. I mean, he's only averaging about 89 yards per game. So if they give him the ball more, which would be tough because he already has 242 yards on, on the year, he would have to probably boost that up to 300. Um, I, it's going to be interesting. I, I really think that it's going to be interesting. I also see his, his receptions um, creeping up. Uh, that, that should climb as well. But um, I would definitely slot him in that area uh, come next year. All right, fair enough. And uh, I can't, I can't quibble with that range. Somewhere eight to ten is probably where he's going to end up for me. Um, I am doing my two early top tens next week, so I will have a definite response to that for next year. So, um, so my question for this one is: uh, We've had a, a certain gentleman come on uh, lately over the last couple of weeks. I've been hammering his touchdown regression. He has two touchdowns in two weeks. It's Mike Williams, and I'm wondering if. Next year, with um, <clears throat> I mean, Keenan Allen's been a PPR monster for a while now. I'm talking more in standard scoring because uh, Keenan Allen has two touchdowns since week four, and Mike Williams didn't have any touchdowns all year, and he's had that many in his last two games. I'm wondering if, in a standard scoring format next year, if we need to kind of equalize our Keenan Allen rank and our Mike Williams rank. Now, I know a lot of this has to do with who's under center for the Chargers in, in 2020. And I, like I said, I believe that Philip Rivers is going to retire. He just doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have it in him anymore. And um, I just got a thought that I'm going to ask you guys before we move on to the next one. Is Cam, I can't even say it. Is Cam Newton the Chargers starting quarterback next season? Whoa. Definitely. I can't got, see any other outcome besides that. Does the Chargers, does the stadium open next year? <laughs> they might have to open it up in uh, Tijuana. Oh, my God. So you've got a new stadium in L.A. opening in 2020. You've got a legend retiring, and you've got one of the stars of the star quarterbacks of the game potentially coming available. I don't think it's crazy to have Cam Newton be for the Chargers in 2020. And that's my new thing. 
Cam 2020. Uh, uh, I can't even say the make the blah, 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 great again thing. But just just uh, mull that one over in your brain pans. Next game, Dallas at Philly. Uh, it's a 46-point over-under Dallas, three-point favorites. Uh, Mike, is Miles Sanders a full-time back or a fool's time back? I had to say something different to differentiate that, not in writing. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, Howard, is he still questionable or I'm not sure. How, so, Howard, he's still not cleared for contact. Um, I don't think he's playing again this year. I heard uh, somebody talk about the injury and they said if it doesn't, it's a, it's a nerve injury, that if it doesn't snap back right away, it's instead of being like a light switch, it's like the sun... Um, rising where it's going to be slow for him to recover. I don't think we see him again this year. Wow. Um, and that, that's really big for Sanders. Uh, so, yeah. uh, you know, how Howard was <laughs> Howard is contract is up this year. Uh, he only signed a one year deal, which mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised about, but, um, yeah. So well, he, I was, don't know. he was traded. It's the last year of his contract. That's why he's, he was traded. Uh, I thought he was picked up as a free agent. Okay. Yeah, no. I, I thought that for a second too, but yeah, he was traded. That's why. Um, okay. So, yeah, you know, I, I do see the Eagles signing him again. Um, he was vastly productive in that offense. Uh, I think he had like eight touchdowns for, you know, he's missed like six games already. So he, he was on having, having a very good year. Um, and then it also gives break to Sanders, but, um, with, without, with Sanders, he's, he's done really well considering, um, since Howard's been out, he's, he's taken it over. Uh, last week he had uh, 19 carries for 122 yards and a touchdown. And of course, doing his typical receiving self, he caught six of six targets, 50 yards and, a, and another score. Um, prior, prior to Howard, he was just awful. He was putting up clunker after clunker it really wasn't a very good look but they've given him you know 19 last week as i said 15 the week before and then 17 the week before that and you know even though he didn't do well against the giants because the giants do have a pretty good rush defense he's he's done well against miami and also as i said washington so the the biggest problem i think is that um is what are they going to do with howard and we'll see come come June if they're going to resign him or not. And um, but he's definitely going to be an active part of that passing game, and has and like to see what he does in these next two games if he's going to get those 19 carries as he did against Washington and see if he can be a full time back because he is a he's he's a pretty good big dude. I mean, I was actually kind of surprised uh, on how big he was. I think he's like 5'10 and like 213 pounds or something to that effect. So he's he's a pretty good size back uh, and can probably carry the load. Yeah, and um, just to your point, um, I looked back, I found the quote from, from when Miles Sanders was drafted because Peterson loves running backs by committee. He said that they have been looking for a back like Miles Sanders, quote, for a few years. So I think he's going to um, be the man in 2020. So Evan... Evan, 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 your year-long relationship, your up-and-down relationship with Dak Prescott continues with uh, with the game in Week 16. You just couldn't shake it. Hopefully with a fantasy championship. Yeah, right now Dak is QB number five. I think that's where he should be next year unless he has a chronic injury, which I don't think I'll be able to tell from tape, or he absolutely cannot adjust to being 
injured. You know, you're going to have to play injured sometimes when you're a mobile quarterback. You're going to have to use your feet more. You're going to have to, uh, like Peyton Manning gave the game plan in this final season in Denver. Can he do something like that? Obviously, you can't do quite what Peyton Manning did. He's no Peyton Manning. But can Dak adjust to not being able to use his full body? Because that's going to happen again and again. If he can't, then yeah, I can't put him in a top five ranking for 2020. Yeah, and we'll see how that goes. And so my question is, uh, will Michael Gallup blow up this Philly secondary, which Dak's shoulder injury does lead to some concerns. And the reason I want to know about this for 2020 is because good wide receivers take a full advantage of bad matchups and absolutely blow them out of the water. And Michael Gallup has been extremely up and down this year. He's been extremely inconsistent. Like he has... Um, four he has five games under 50 yards and he has four games over 100 yards so i need to see if he can blow up this philly secondary if he's uh where that'll help slot him in for me for next year whether he's he's going to be a wide receiver too the question is is he towards the back is he towards the front is he does he maybe creep into the you know this year's mike williams where he was like wide receiver 25 so he's right there on the border so that's why I want to see how he does in this matchup to see that um, uh, he can take advantage of the situation uh, of a good situation rolling forward into next year. So that's why I want to see if he can blow this uh, Philly secondary up this weekend. So we got an NFC West matchup next up, the last afternoon game, Arizona at Seattle. It's a 50 point over under with Seattle as nine and a half point favorites. And uh, Evans seeing Kenyon Drake as around five or six running back two next season is wondering if that's a good buy. Yes. Drake, what's going on? <laughs> I got to watch this. See, this four touchdown game is something they're going to. Is he now part of the Arizona Lightning offense? Are they going to take a leap up next year? I, I got to watch the tape on this because the stat box doesn't tell me enough. Yeah, it's. Um... Uh, it'll it'll be an interesting thing because I don't think he's going to score. What did he have? Four touchdowns last week? I don't think he'll be doing that again uh, in this I, one. I think not as well. I'll take the under. Yeah, so Mike wants to know where the uh, the um, Kenyon Drake's current teammate, where he ends up in, uh, in uh, 2020. Yeah, David Johnson, he's probably... So the, the week before... His last week, uh, full time back, um, he scored like 24 fantasy points. He just went off. And then ever since then, he's been non-existent. Everybody's like writing him off and all that stuff. And, and I just I, I find that hilarious. Uh, so what it's going to come down to is Kenyon Drake, who is an unrestricted free agent next season, and David Johnson. And if they cut David Johnson or, or trade him, they can save anywhere between 6.4 with a trade to $9.5 million. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do. If they, they do decide to keep David Johnson, um, they'll pay him. He'll, he'll be in the top three of the running backs behind Bell and Gurley. Um, and then they, they just won't keep Drake, but Drake fits their system so much better than David Johnson does because Drake is more of a straight line runner with with quick 
quick release and those type of, of, of situations, athletic skills where David Johnson is fast, but he's more of a, of a cutter um, slammer kind of guy. He, he's a bigger back. Uh, so Drake definitely fits our system better. Um, they probably can pay him less. So we'll see if that exposes David Johnson to go somewhere else, which I think it might. Think so. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, that's, that's not a bad call. So we'll see. Um, I think your, your guys's questions are kind of intertwined. Mine's about a completely different team. So I have nothing to say about the Arizona backfield, but I want to know if, uh, Tyler Lockett and, um, DK Metcalf are going to lead Russell Wilson to be a top three, uh, w- a quarterback in 2020. Cause Tyler Lockett, um, he's been, I mean, his, there was a question about whether or not he was going to lose his leg, um, after that, <laughs> that 49ers yeah. game. So I'm giving him a huge pass for uh, not performing in uh, weeks 12, 13, and 14. Last week, he came back huge, uh, 8 for 120 and a touchdown. And if he can pair, if Russell Wilson can compare that with uh, with how DK Metcalf has been playing, um, who's he's been a, a pretty, up until last week, been a pretty solid uh, for a while now, like 6 for 75. Um, that's been kind of his wheelhouse, 6 for 70, uh, 3 for 35. We won't talk about that. 6 for 75, 6 for 78. And then you throw in Jacob Hollister into there and, you know, maybe oh, Rashad Penny is going to be coming back probably partway through the year. Uh, Chris Carson, you throw all that in there. It's it's hard to keep uh, Russell Wilson out of the top three for 2020. Um, the only question would be how much do they throw the ball? And I don't think they spent a first round pick on DK Metcalf this year to have uh, Russell Wilson handed off to uh, Chris Carson 25 times a game. So I want to see how they do in this matchup with uh, Lockett looking to be healthy. DK Metcalf. On that, uh, you know, rookie wide receiver late season upswing, and uh, see uh, if they're going to lead Russell Wilson to be a top three run, uh, running back quarterback for me in 2020. So that's what I'm looking for. Uh, next one up, uh, it's the Sunday night football game: KC at Chicago, 45 point over under. KC are five point favorites, and uh, Mike wants to know if the Chiefs make running back the top priority in this year's draft. Which, good God, they probably should. And yeah, they they definitely should. It's well, LaShawn McCoy has been the, their best running back. He's had the most carries, he has the most yards, he has the most touchdowns, and he has the most yards per carry by almost a full yard over Damian Williams. McCoy has 4.6 yards per carry, um, 101 attempts, 464 yards, but none of these guys are scoring touchdowns. I mean, McCoy has four, um, and he's like what, 35, 36 years old. So uh, leading him to be an unrestricted free agent next year, be very, very questionable if they keep him. And then you, of course, below that, you have Damian Williams, Darwin Thompson, Darrell Williams, Spencer Ware. None of these guys are making anywhere near a million dollars. Damian Williams making 875000 But other than that, they, they really not even paid to, to be around. Uh, so That'll be really interesting to see. But, you know, collectively, they're not too bad. Uh, touchdowns, they're 16th in the NFL. Yards, the 25th. And attempts, which is a big reason why they're 25th in the NFL, is they, they're 27th. So they're not even running the ball at all. It's all an air show. So does it even matter who the running back is? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we all got all hot. Well, a lot of us got hot and bothered about Damian Williams. So. Uh, we'll see, uh, it, you know, whoever they end up, whoever ends up getting 
that slot is going to be a top three pick, no matter who it is. It's going to be a top three round pick next year, uh, whether it's a good idea or not. So <clears throat> Evan wants to know if Allen Robinson, the number four wide receiver over the last month, is a top 12 draft asset next year. Evan, are you asking first round or top 12 wide receiver? Because I've heard wide receiver. Okay, I was going to say, Evan, uh, I was going to kick you off the podcast. And I need to see him. <laughs> I need to see him and Trubisky in a difficult matchup. Now, Kansas City, oddly enough, I didn't know this, is 31st best, second worst at allowing, mm, allows the second least points to wide receivers. So they're actually good in fantasy up against wide receivers. And Chicago should be playing from behind, so they should be throwing it. So I should be able to watch a lot of Allen Robinson trying to get his way through some good coverage there. Yeah, so we'll see how uh, that goes. And and the big thing that, that kind of had me shook, and it rolls into my question, is over the last four weeks, Mitchell Trubisky has supported two top 10 wide receivers over the last four weeks, the other one being Anthony Miller. And my question is, uh, is Anthony Miller going to set us up with a nice end-of-season stretch of production and uh, to give us some feel-goods going into 2020? Because over the last five games, he's um, averaged 10 targets per game. Uh, he's pulled down six of those for 86 yards per game. He scored e in each of the last two games, and he has at least uh, he, he's gone at least six for 50 in four out of the last five contests. So that's uh, it's given me some feel goods now that he's healthy um, from his various maladies. I think that um, he might be a good uh, uh, sleeper candidate going into next year. But I just want to see how he does against this Chiefs team in a game that um, the uh, the uh, Bears are going to have to really air it out to. to catch up with the uh to stay caught up with the the chiefs in this one i think so Last game. you're on the clock anthony miller or uh demarius uh, slayton uh i'm gonna go with anthony miller because i there because uh golden tate sterling shepherd evan ingram saquon barkley and daniel jones those four guys ought to get targets from that last guy. And I don't feel confident in that last guy getting those, those targets and to Darius Slayton um, over Anthony Miller um, in 2020. Yeah. Reasonable. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. I passed, passed the test. All right. Last game, Monday night football, Green Bay at Minnesota, 45 point over under Minnesota, four and a half point favorites. And um, Evan, you want to know if uh, Dalvin cook is top three running back um, or is this is the third season where he's he's had some injury that's cost him time? Is that going to make him slip into the second round? Yeah, Boone's been good, and I want to see if Boone continues to be good. Because if he continues to be good, then why wouldn't Minnesota run a running back by committee? Oh, that's a good question about a running back by committee, and that's even with the uh, not that's discounting even Alexander Madison. That's a good question because that committee could uh, kill him going into twenty twenty. Um, so Mike, you want to know if we're going to be killing Aaron Rodgers uh, next season, if he's not even going to be a quarterback one next year. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a possibility. Just they're becoming a, they're sort of becoming the, the way of um, the Patriots. Their, their Packers are, are running a whole lot more. Uh, last year, Aaron Rodgers had 372 attempts. Uh, right now he has 300. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Reverse that. I'm looking at completions. Uh, 597 attempts last year, 474 this year. So he's 123 attempts behind what he was last year. Uh, but everything else is pretty much 
the same old, same old Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's still completing over 60% of his passes. Um, yards average is up, you know, 7.3. But he's going to have more touchdowns than he did last year. He's only one 300-yard gain behind what he put up last year. He has three right now. He put up four last year. And his interceptions are always low, um, two last year, um, two this year. So he, he he's pretty much the same Aaron Rodgers as he's been, but they're they're decreasing his role. And it's a small window between uh, where he is at now, which is the eighth quarterback, to the twelfth quarterback. We're we're talking five hundred yards and five to six hundred yards and three to four touchdowns. So if he just drops five to six hundred yards more. Um, and throws for three or four or less touchdowns last year, then he will be a top twelve. So it's not a it's not a reason reasonable situation for him to be there. We'll just see if if they continue to rely on Williams and, and Aaron Jones, or if they increase his his attempts um, passing attempts. All right, that'll be interesting to see how he does uh, next year because this is uh, it's not been a good trend for Rodgers. So. Another guy with bad trends is Adam Thielen screwed us at the end of last year. Um, he's screwing us again at the end of this year. Not his fault. It was a hamstring injury. He came back too early. But I want to see if he can do anything to make us feel good about him heading into 2020. Or is he just going to be another uh, guy who just kind of ends up screwing us uh, three years in a row? Um, if he puts on some good tape on this one, um, hopefully people will be worried enough about his uh, production this year that um, he can slip to a, a reasonable round where you can buy him on on the on the rebound. So I'd like to see a good game out of him against the Packers in what should be a, in what's a, a little bit of a difficult matchup. So that'll do it. We're done with talking about games for 2019. So before we head out, Evan, you got to go real quick so you can go first. Um, we're going to do our DFS lineups for this week. Mike, you want to do a quick rundown or do you want me to micro machine voice my way through this? Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just do a quick rundown. Um, overall, Mike, 30 points, Evan, 25, Jeff, 23. Killing last it. Week, last week, Mike, um, took first, Jeff took second and Evan took third. There you go. And total points on the season. Mike is crushing both of us and I'm, I'm right on Evan's heels. I'm right on Evan's heels. So I could actually get second place if I get first and Evan gets third. So fingers crossed. Uh, Evan, you still there? Yeah, yeah. Let's hear your right. lineup, and then you can gotta go by. Unbelievable deals on the waiver wire at quarterback. I'm putting my six thousand dollars where my mouth is. Give me Will Greer. Whoa! Uh, Whoa. Yeah, four touchdowns. Big so, big start to you finishing third and me finishing first. <laughs> Give me Derek Henry for eighty eight hundred dollars. Adrian Peterson at sixty five hundred. What? Uh, then wide receiver, while well, I've got all this money left over, might as well go number one, Michael Thomas for $9,000. Then DJ Moore, I'm doubling down on my idiocy, $6,600. I don't think it's idiocy. I think I think he's going nuts. And then uh, Ward, George Ward, Greg Ward, I don't know who he is. <laughs> Greg Ward, Greg only, Ward. It's some guy they pulled out of the stands in Philadelphia to catch balls because everyone else was injured, $5,700. Tight end, I guess I'll go Baltimore's... Uh, uh, Andrews against Cleveland. That's going to be a S show. Uh, and I'll, I'll bank on that by getting the Ravens defense for, for only 4,500. It should have been 5,000. Uh, and then flex. Well, this one's easy. I bet you Jeff and I have the same flex like we do week after week. DeAndre Washington. Yeah, baby. $100. Uh, do we, I have to go, but do we have the same flex? 
We do. I can listen. I'll listen to the podcast. I won't let you spoil it. All right. Once again, quarterback Greer, six thousand dollars. Running back Henry, eighty-eight hundred dollars. Running back Peterson, sixty-five hundred dollars. Wide receiver Michael Thomas, nine thousand dollars. Wide receiver DJ Moore, sixty-six hundred dollars. Wide receiver I don't know his first name Ward, fifty-seven hundred dollars. Tight end Andrews, sixty-five hundred dollars. Defense Ravens, forty-five hundred dollars. And flex. DeAndre Washington, $5,600. His first name is Montgomery. Thanks, yep. Evan. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Mike. Whoa. Whoa. All right. <laughs> Mike, let's hear your lineup for this week. All right. So leading us off at quarterback, Russell Wilson. Running back. Oh, Russell Wilson, 8,300. Running backs. Marlon Mack, 73. DeAndre Washington, 56 uh, wide receivers. Tyler Lockett, 7,600. Michael Gallup, 6,500. All right. And surprising, Steven Sims, Jr., 5,700. Tight end, we're going to go Jared Cook at 6,600. And running back or flex, Miles Sanders. You could flip uh, Miles Sanders with DeAndre Washington, and we all three of us have. The same, 7,400. And in defense, ugh, banking on Will Greer to be putting up a very bad show. Indianapolis Colts at 48. Homer pick. Total Homer, Homer pick. pick. Homer, Homer pick. Homer Simpson right. pick. <laughs> Homer Simpson pick. Uh, hope that gets you the dough. All right. Yeah. All right. So nope. my uh, – my lineup. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm going a little crazy because I know I have to finish in first place to stay out of the cellar. Andrew, not luck. Andrew Locke, 7,300 bucks against this Detroit uh, team that's swirl- swirling the drain. Then I'm going, we got some guys in common. Marlon Mack, best possible matchup in the league, 7,300 bucks, same as Drew Locke. Derek Henry is going to run roughshod over the Saints team that lost Davenport and Rankins uh, against the 49ers. He's 8,800 bucks. Cortland Sutton, I'm going to pair him with Locke, 7,100 bucks. I'm going, I'm going crazy with Evan. DJ Moore, 6,600 bucks. I can't pass that price up. Uh, Mike Williams, I'm going to go with that touchdown regression for the third week in a row. He cashed in the last two weeks against Oakland, uh, the team that gives up, I believe, the most 40 point or 40 yard plays in the league, uh, pass plays. Sure, why not? We'll go with the deep ball guy and Mike Williams. Then I'm going Jake Hollister. Surprise, 5700 bucks. I'm the only guy taking advantage of the Cardinals, it seems. And uh, we got our DeAndre Washington flex. So we essentially canceled that out. And then I had five grand. I actually had 5200 left. So I went Denver, taking on Detroit, and Mr. Blau. So we got Locke, Mac, Henry, Sutton, Moore, Mike Williams, uh, Hollister, DeAndre Washington, and the Denver Broncos defense. So this is the team that I'm taking my swing with to try to get out of the cellar. Um, because if, if I finish in first and Evan finishes last, uh, we'll be tied. And that also means I would have more points than him. Fingers crossed. And I will get my butt out of the cellar. So that's it for us talking about in the main pod. The, our 2016 previews will be or 2016. Good golly. 2019 previews. <laughs> It's week 16. That's what was in my head. We'll be back next week. We'll have the absurdities. We had them last year. We'll have a a nice award show for you guys. Mike, uh, I talked to Men's Warehouse. You can go pick up your tux. It's ready to go for you. Um, Yeah, I got my nice uh, sequin dress ready to go. 
So everything will be great next week for the uh, absurdities. So uh, Evan had to go, but for Mike, this has been Jeff. Thanks for listening, everybody, and you have a good one.